0: Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. College basketball season equals NBA draft season. I've got my first big board 1.0 ranking the top 30 prospects in the 2022 NBA draft coming right now. Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. College basketball season starts on November 9th. I'm stoked. Been talking to a lot of NBA scouts, NBA GMs, building up my first big board of the year. That's my top 30 prospects in the NBA draft based off of talking to NBA scouts and general managers about who they think are going to be the best prospects overall in 2020 NBA draft. You can read the entire big board over at my newsletter and website, nbabigboard.com. Give us your email. Subscribe today. You can get that big board and all of our draft coverage right into your, right into your email. We'll do some scouting reports. We'll be covering all the big games on Tuesday, uh, on Tuesday the 9th as well. There's just so much good stuff that's coming our way right now for the NBA draft. I'm stoked to get talking about it right away. Just a couple of things. Uh, look, my big board is a ranking based off of Intel. Uh, from NBA scouts and and executives. It's not a mock draft. I'm not trying to place these players with specific teams; those mock drafts typically come later for me. Once I start to have some idea of what the draft order is going to look at look like, and starting to get intel from NBA teams about who they might be interested in drafting, and so this is just a pure ranking uh, based on talent. I assume that every player that is draft eligible—that means they're going to be 19 um, by the end of the 2022 calendar year—will declare for the draft. And in my experience, most of those players actually um, do. We're going to see some significant fluctuation as the season begins. I went back and looked at my 2021 big board uh, 1.0 as well. Seven of the top 10 guys ended up being drafted in the top 10, uh, but there was one guy, Dacian Nix, who ended up not getting drafted at all, and another guy, Greg Brown, who slipped into the second round. And so there's going to be some fluctuation here, but I think some of these guys at the top uh, are going to be pretty solid. The other thing I'll say about this particular 2022 draft is There's a lot of talent and a lot of it is with big men, which is a sort of problematic for NBA scouts because the league has been shying away from prominently featuring big men or drafting them early. And you've got a number of guys that really project as NBA fours or centers uh, in the league. So there's that's one problem. The other one is that while there's a lot of talent in this draft and, and players that NBA scouts really like. I'm not sure that they are as excited about this draft as they were the top of the 2021 draft that had Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley and Jalen Green and Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Kaminga and Josh Giddey. Uh, we talk about what sort of tier one prospects being guys with a with a ceiling of being a top ten uh, prospect, an absolute superstar in the NBA some someday. And then tier two prospects, which are guys who can make an all-star team, which is really sort of trending out to be like the top 30 or so players uh, in the NBA. And right now, there's no teams that are pegging any of these prospects as tier one prospects right now. They're sort of all sort of pegged at tier two, where we had Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Green uh, pegged as tier one prospects with Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs team. Uh, pegged uh, and and Jonathan Kaminga pegged as tier two prospects uh, last year. So maybe not quite as high at the top. There's a lot of depth in this draft. Really excited to get started. And it starts with there's no consensus. Number one uh, pick this year, like in years past, uh, we've sometimes had a guy that came in really the heavily favorite uh, to be the number one pick in 2021. That guy, I think, was clearly Cade Cunningham. He stayed at number one on our board all year. I'm not sure we're going to be able to say the same about that this year because there is a significant difference in talking to NBA scouts about which guy they like, like at the top. But the guy that had the most votes, at least from the teams that I was talking to was Chet Holmgren, uh, the Gonzaga for, forward/slash center freshman, who is a really unique prospect. He's actually one of the most unique prospects that that I've ever really encountered uh, covering the draft, and I've covered the draft for a really long time. He's seven feet. He's 195 pounds, so sort of the body of Poku has a 7-6 wingspan, which is tremendous, and plays really like a guard uh, at times on offense, but is an is an excellent rebounder and rim protector on defense. And I think when you're seeing what Evan Mobley is doing right now for Cleveland, you can get a glimpse of maybe what teams are hoping Holmgren can become because he's got elite size. He's got the length. He's got mobility. He's got the skill set of a guard. uh, And he just is a really unique player. In fact, I'll take it a step further as far as just Pure perimeter skill set goes. I think Holmgren's actually ahead of where Evan Mobley was um, at the same age as a, as a college freshman, which I, think is, which I think is really interesting. He's also, believe it or not, 20 pounds skinnier than Evan Mobley was coming in uh, to USC um, as, as well. And so if one of the concerns for Mobley has and probably will continue to be strength, that's even a bigger concern uh, for Holmgren. One of the things I will say about Holmgren, though, is he's skinny, but he's not soft. He's wiry tough. He's very aggressive. He has a high motor. He likes to play defense. And this is just really a question of you know, what is he? In the nba at his size i think it's more likely especially with drew timmy on the on this team that he's going to be a four uh, in the nba and maybe he has the ball handling skills the lateral quickness the shooting ability uh, to maybe play some three at some point in the nba I, I love him. I love watching him play. He is a really unique player. I'm not sure how much strength he's actually going to be able to put on that frame, which I think is a legitimate question mark um, for him. But, you know, right now he's my number one prospect, though certainly not the consensus number one prospect in the draft right now. Trending right next to him is, is Paulo Bencaro, Uh the Duke, big man, who's also a freshman, 6'10", 250 pounds with a seven-foot wingspan. You you really, if you could combine uh, Banquero's body... With Holmgren's you know, skill set, you, you'd probably have the perfect prospect because this guy is built like a tank already. He has an MBA body. Um, he's got that MBA strength, and and like Chet, he's really highly skilled. He can do a bit of everything. He can shoot. He can pass. He can defend, um, and and he is going to be able to hold his own in the paint in ways that 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 Chet really can't. He doesn't have elite length. Um, he's, his wingspan, for example, is six inches uh, shorter uh, than than Chet. Uh, he doesn't have elite athleticism. This is not a jump out of the gym uh, type of player and, you know, not elite lateral quickness. He's not a bad athlete, um, but there are some teams that worry that sort of over time as as he gets heavier and he looks like he has a heavier build, especially on his base, will some of that, that explosiveness and quickness uh, leave him. I think that the one thing you can say about Banquero is that he is going to be maybe the most dominant freshman as far as statistics go. He is going to be a, I, an absolute monster, I think, at Duke um, as a freshman. I expect him to put up big, big numbers right away and and. And do that the whole year. Duke's got, got a really loaded team, and so this is going to be a team like uh, Gonzaga, um, who is going to be in the mix, uh, you know, for the for a national championship as well. But I think when we're just sort of looking at like overall production, he's already has the size and strength of an NBA player. I think that's going to make him dominant uh, in college. They've been raving uh, about him out of Duke. He he has a great feel for the game uh, as well, and I, I just think that he doesn't quite have the the length and athletic upside uh, that Chet Holmgren does, uh, but he also has some of the he also doesn't have some of the downsides of, of Chet as well because again strength is going to be an issue for Chet uh, in a big way and may limit his uh, ability to perform especially in the post and so a lot of NBA guys um, prefer Banquero. they think he's the safest pick in this draft and I think that's probably the right way to sort of frame uh, these two together. One, maybe with a little bit higher ceiling and upside and a sort of unique factor. And one that just looks like he's going to have, you know, like an Al Horford esque career in the NBA. And maybe that's sort of the, that, you know, the type of prospect that ultimately um, he becomes. And, and certainly a guy is worthy uh, of the number one pick. After that, those two guys are are clearly you know the guys that are the firmest in that conversation for the number one pick, but they're not the only guys that are there. And at and at three, it's Jaden Hardy, who plays for the G League Ignite, uh, a six four, hundred ninety pound guard, you know, two guard, but can play on the ball, has a six eight and a half wingspan, uh, and. Is, is just the score. Got off to actually a rocky start in his G League Ignite debut. Uh, debut only had 12 points. Went 4 for 14. Um, shooting 0 for 5 from 3, which wasn't great. Uh, but one of the things he's trying to do in the G League is burnish his credentials as a point guard. He did have 6 assists. Uh, and, uh, you know, he shows some ball handling abilities. I'm not worried overall about his potential to score the basketball. I think he is maybe the most elite perimeter scorer in this draft right now. He's going to put up big numbers, I think, over time. And, you know, the comparisons are obviously going to come in between him and Jalen Green. Uh, and Jalen Green, to me, is more is definitely more of an explosive athlete um, than Jaden Hardy is. He Jaden Hardy doesn't jump out of the gym and explode the way that Jalen Green does. But on the other hand, I think Hardy actually brings a little bit more to the table as far as versatility goes, the ability to play on the ball um, as a point guard, and maybe gives a little bit more on the defensive end um, as well. And so I I really like Jaden Hardy. And I think that his shot at being a potential number one pick is likely going to be tied to who ends up getting the number one pick in the draft. If they're a team that's looking at all for a guard and feels really set in their front court Hardy is probably going to be the best option uh, that they have. And, and again, all the other sort of competition uh, are all sort of four fives and uh, they'll all be sort of competing against each other. But I'm not really sure who Hardy's big contender is as far as the, you know, the best guard in this draft goes um, right now. So I, I think there's a legitimate shot again, if, you know, a team like, you know, maybe New Orleans uh, gets the number one pick in the draft, um, you know, he would be a really intriguing um, option at number four. It's Jalen Duren, uh, the Memphis freshman big man center who reclassified this year. One of the younger players in the draft will only will be 18 and a half on on draft night. 6'11", 250 pounds, 7'5", wingspan. So here's another guy already built out, even at his young age. Uh, as an NBA player, he's got an NBA body, um good athlete, uh, dunks everything, loves to attack the rim, rim can really uh, run the floor well. Um, he's shown some real passing acumen as well, which I think will be a big thing for him and and be a big part of determining ultimately where he goes in the bas- in the draft. Some of the teams really like him and saw him at the Memphis Pro day, and you know, think that given his body and his strength that he's going to, have a big impact in the NBA. Other teams are like he's a little bit too much of a traditional NBA big man. He doesn't really stretch the floor. He tries to do some other things away from the basket, but that's clearly not his strength at this point. Is some questions about his motor a little bit, though? Overall, the people were pretty positive, at least about what he did um, from Memphis during pro day. And so this is going to be a guy that you know. Look, if it was a decade ago and we were talking about you know the old NBA draft, where would he be? He probably is going to be a guy um, that. I think Durin would have been a number one pick in the draft 15 years ago. But now I think he's a little bit on the outside looking end. Again, Banquero and Holmgren are more skilled uh, than he is. Banquero has that sort of similar big body. Uh, doesn't have the length of Durin and not quite the athleticism that Durin has. Uh, but I think the skill set probably wins out in the modern NBA. And so he's a little bit lower on the board. At number five, this guy has already been rising over the summer, a guy that really helped himself out in the pro days, and that's Auburn's Jabari Smith Jr., another freshman, uh, power forward, 6'10", 210 pounds, 7'1", wing, uh, and a guy that, again, versatility is the name of the game, uh, can defend multiple positions, has the mobility uh, to guard you know fives, fours, threes, has the shooting uh, potential to stretch the floor, which is something NBA teams are always really um, interested in. He's he's raw. He's one of the younger prospects uh, in this draft, uh, and he's going to be more of a potential than a production guy um, early on. But I think that ult- ultimately people are going to feel really rewarded with him. He's going to be like the Patrick Williams I think of of this draft, and that you know he probably isn't going to put up the same numbers that we're going to see from Hardy, um, or Duran, or Banquero, uh, you know, or Holmgren, but there's going to be that intriguing upside that he brings to the table. Every scout that I talked to that, that saw him in Auburn was really um, impressed by him and and thought if he has a big year, I think they're thinking he's going to have a more sort of moderate year. But if he has a big year, then he could definitely enter the conversation for the number one um, pick. It's, it's going to be tough because I'm just not sure – the role that he's going to play can play in Auburn and the, and the talent that's actually there and there's a lot of talent on this Auburn team uh, this year. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the country. Uh, whether he's going to be able to get the minutes and the role that he needs to, to make that case for himself, but the upside factor is there and we, you know we've seen teams in the last few drafts with the fourth pick, You know, for example, Patrick Williams with the Bulls or Scotty Barnes with the Raptors, you know, swing for the high upside, uh, high ceiling type of of player there. And Jabari Smith certainly um, is that guy. All right, that's the top five guys on Big Board 1.0. When we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the top ten, pick six um, through ten on my first Big Board of the year, Big Board 1.0. But before we do so. I want to talk to you about McDonald's. This episode of NBA Big Board is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries, win or lose. It's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip, rest your legs and refuel, I'm personally crazy about the McRib, and you know it's McRib season again, so I'm pretty stoked. I've already been uh, to McDonald's several times, feasting on the McRib uh, two to three times a week when it's McRib season. That's the Kansas City guy and me looking for barbecue, and yeah, that's not traditional Kansas City barbecue, but man, I love the McRib. So head down to your local McDonald's to refuel and connect. Did somebody say NBA Big Board watch party? I'm loving it. It's McDonald's also want to talk to you about another one of our sponsors, Calm. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side of the game that's just as important, mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your Brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, perform at your uh, best, just like King James. I love this app. I use it all the time. I'm a big believer in mindfulness and and preparing yourself mentally uh, before you go in and do big tasks, like putting on a, a podcast. and and sleep is a big part of that. For LeBron, he talks about that, and this is a quote from LeBron, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do with my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling or leaves to bedtime sleep stories, calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which I, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, unquote. That's LeBron James. If you head over to calm.com slash locked on for a limited time, we'll give you 40% off a calm premium. Uh, prescription. There's so much there to like. There's sounds of rain, of leaves, of sleep stories, meditations, just about anything that you can think of for a challenge in your life. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron James in using Calm and getting a 40% discount on a Calm premium prescription at calm.com. Locked on NBA. That's calm.com/lockedonnba. Unlock content help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at Calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. We are back. The NBA big board, first big board of the 2022 NBA draft. College basketball season starts on Tuesday, November 9th. I'm excited. The Champions Classic is going to kick off. We're going to see Duke and Kentucky, uh, Michigan State, Kansas, number of other top teams playing uh, as well. And so I've been talking to NBA scouts really all summer. Um, they've been out at practices. They've been out uh, watching pro days and really trying to get their consensus of who they think the best prospects are going to be in the 2022 NBA draft. You can read the entire big board over at my website, nbabigboard.com. If you subscribe today, uh, we got a special going on right now, 25% off, and you get full access to the big board and all the other columns are going to be doing stock watches. Uh, We're going to be doing rookie watches. So many good things. Scouting reports are going to be in there um, as well. If you want to be following the NBA draft, I really think it's the best way to follow it, and you can do all of that over at nbabigboard.com today. Hope you become a subscriber. College basketball season equals the NBA draft season, and so we're really excited to get started. So we've started. I've given given away the top five uh, guys on Big Board uh, 1.0. I'm also going to talk about players 6 through 10 on Big Board uh, 1.0 right now, and it starts with Caleb Houston, the Michigan freshman. Uh, He's a wing 6'8", 205, uh, a guy, uh, Houston comes, uh, hails out of Canada. He was actually pretty good for Team Canada in the under-19s, had some really encouraging play there. He He's not the sexiest prospect. He's more one of these guys that just gets it done, gets it done on the offensive end, gets it done on the defensive end. He's not going to look to drop 30 on you every night, but he impacts the game in all the right ways as a scorer, as a passer, as a versatile defender. He just feeds sees the way, sees the game in a way that scouts really think is eventually going to help his, his play really pop. Uh, I, I really like this guy. He's a highly intelligent basketball player that really understands the game and knows how to play the game. And he plays the most pos- important position um, in the NBA um, as a wing. And that's a big deal uh, for NBA scouts. So certainly something uh, to watch there at Michigan at six. At number seven, it's Jaden Ivey, the Purdue sophomore shooting guard, the first college upperclassmen, in other words, not non-college freshmen, uh, to make our list, and interestingly, the only one in our lottery um, at this point. This lottery is heavily dominated uh, by college freshmen, uh, G League Ignite, overtime elite, and international prospects uh, this year. So only one returning college player, Jaden Ivey, cracks uh, the, the lottery. And only several, there's only a small handful that actually crack uh, the top 30 um, this year. And he's one of the players that I'm just... I'm really intrigued with. He was awesome for Team USA in the under-19 FIBA championship runs. He's a great athlete. He's an electric driver to the basket, plays with toughness, uh, motor, uh, uh, plays in attack mode, really came on towards the end of his freshman season um, there at Purdue. I think he built on that uh, in that Team USA championship run um, that he had. And he's really got one big question mark is what is he going to be as a three-point shooter? He's... If he can get that three-point shooting percentage up to 35 to 38%, he's a big-time prospect because he is just absolutely everything else that you're looking for in an NBA two-guard, scorer, uh, and, and defender. And so shooting is going to be the big question. And, you know, looking scouts— Saw him in in, in high school and, and thought he was a pretty good shooter. Not sure what really happened uh, during his freshman year uh, at Purdue where he struggled from the three-point line. He also did struggle uh, for Team USA again in limited minutes and, and on, a, on a limited schedule in, in the under-19 um, FIBA championships here. But if that's the thing that he can actually sort of nail... Uh, at the next level. I think Ivy is a guy who could even creep into the conversation for um, the number one pick in the draft and be the one guy I think that could actually really challenge Jaden Hardy uh, if he gets that jump shot going. But that's a big if right now, and that's the thing we'll be watching him carefully for. At number eight, it's Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, another freshman. Uh, This guy, 6'9", 220, 6'11 wing, uh, maybe just one of the best perimeter players in this draft, guy that can really shoot the basketball at 6'9", and has the sort of size and length to be able to shoot over defenders interestingly forgo you know, going to one of those blue chip colleges uh, to play for his dad um, at Milwaukee. So, you know, he's in the horizon league. He's not going to be playing against elite competition, which may hurt his stock a little bit. He's also not like an elite or particularly explosive athlete, but he has a, just a beautiful stroke. Um, he can really shoot the basketball and, you know, this is going to be his calling card uh, to the NBA. And if he really is sinking uh, you know, threes at a high percentage this year, you know, it's going to be, you know, kind of Corey Kispert all over again. You know, where do you draft a guy um, who just is a lights out shooter? And the only difference here is that Baldwin will be 19 on draft night, not 22 um, like Kispert. And so I, again, somebody that I'm really looking forward to seeing this year um, will be a little bit harder uh, to, to scout him than some of the other guys because of where he's playing, uh, but certainly an intriguing prospect. At number nine, it's Yannick Zosa, uh, the, the big man from the Congo who's playing in Spain right now, from Malaga, 6'11", 215, 7'6", wingspan. Uh, watching him as a 17-year-old, he looked like he could become an all-NBA defensive team player Uh, maybe even a guy that could win defensive player of the year at some point uh prospect i mean that's what he looked like at a 17 year old playing in the highest league um, in europe for the spanish team this year really loved him his offense you know he really runs the floor hard he can kind of finish around the basket but overall i would i would call his offense awkward uh there was just it, it clearly doesn't come naturally to him the same way that playing defense comes naturally to him and and, and you knew you, you knew that was going to be the big issue uh, for him early uh, in the draft. He's actually struggled in uh, his his current season um, over in Spain right now, averaging just two points, two rebounds a game, and about 13 minutes a game in his first eight games. That's a big disappointment. Michael Eric, an, an American veteran, has kind of come over and taken over um, his role, kind of digging in, into Zosa's role uh, to a certain extent. I'm not sure what's really going on with him. It's certainly been a discouraging start for him. I think scouts were hoping to see big things from him this year. There was a lot of buzz from international scouts that I talked to early in this draft who told me this guy has a real shot at being the number one pick in the draft. For the first eight games, it's it's been a bit of a disaster. And if that continues, he could see a significant s- slip and to the point that you know maybe he's got to come back and look at the 2023 NBA draft hoping he turns it around. All of his teammates think he's great. I've talked to some folks over there that have played with him, uh, coaches that have coached him. They, they all love him. He's got an incredible story. Um, but he's going to have to produce uh, over uh, in Spain right now if he's going to crack the top 10 or, or certainly be a higher candidate. And right now, he's just not he's just not there. Uh, at number 10, Osmani Ding. Uh, who's from France, but playing for the New Zealand Breakers this year. 6'9", 185 pounds, 7'1", one wing. One of the most skilled and intriguing players in this draft for me personally. I, I really love him. Uh, I think that he's a tremendous prospect. i also not sure where exactly to slate him. I could have put him higher. I certainly could have put him lower. He's... Playing in the Australian NBL this year and that the track record of guys coming over that are not from Australia and having big years there is pretty rocky. He's actually going to play for the same team that RJ Hampton uh, went over and played for the New Zealand Breakers. And that, that was, what was pretty much a disaster. Uh, for RJ uh, really hurt his draft stock and he's going to need a, a big year to to really get into the top 10. But the talent is there. Some of the scouts that saw him this summer said he they re- he reminds them of a young Paul George. He's only 185 pounds. He needs to put on um, strength, but the ball handling ability, the ability to guard and defend multiple positions. He is your modern day wing who can pass, can shoot, can do just about everything Will he get the chance to do that for the New Zealand Breakers? I, I think it was an interesting decision for him to decide to leave France and go play there. Uh, I'm not sure that it'll pay off. We'll, we'll see. You know, he, he It's a pretty physical league, and, and he is very thin. Uh, I, again, I really like him as a prospect. I think if teams are patient, uh, it will pay off for them. Uh, but the early returns on him, it's just hard to know whether he's going to put up the sort of numbers that are going to allow him to stay this high in the draft. But I will say that based off of the preliminary reports talking from NBA scouts, uh, he was actually over in California for a while playing this summer. They really, really uh, like him. All right, that's the top 10 of Big Board uh, 1.0, first Big Board of the 2022 NBA draft. You can read all about it over at nbabigboard.com. When we return, I'm going to talk about a few other highlights from Big Board 1.0. But before I do so, it would not be an NBA Big Board podcast if we didn't talk about our longtime sponsor, my favorite, Built Bar. So many uh, delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. When we talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, there's cherry barcia, there's raspberry, there's mint brownie, there's double chocolate, there's salted caramel, there's strawberry, there's orange, there's cookies and creams, there's German chocolate. My personal favorite, a long-time listeners know I love the coconut. It tastes like a mounds bar. It's chewy. It's sweet. Uh, it tastes like a candy bar, not like a protein bar, but actually are really healthy for you too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories. Only four to five grams of sugar. Only four to five grams of net carbs. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie, your raspberry, whatever you like. BuiltBar.com is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK 15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, and we're back talking 2022 Big Board 1.0. You can read all about it over on my website and newsletter, NBABigBoard.com. Got a subscription special going on right now in honor of the start of the college basketball season. Get 25% off, that works out to about 525 a month or 52.50 a year. Uh, I really think that you're gonna enjoy all the NBA content and draft content that's coming out. I'm following rookies, I'm following sophomores all year, but I'm also gonna be deeply now diving into the NBA draft and we'll have stock watch reports um, every week. We'll be following these prospects both here and in the Overtime Elite and the G League Ignite, as well as the international prospects all year long. If you want to get into the draft right now, I think now's the big time. And especially if you are an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, uh, or if you're an Orlando Magic fan, or if you're a Detroit Pistons fan right now, uh, and, and so San Antonio Spurs fan right now, uh, it's probably time to already start thinking about who are we going to add to this team uh, in 2022. Well, I want to wrap up. I'm not giving away the whole big board uh, today on the podcast. Uh, You're going to have to go over and subscribe to nbabigboard.com if you want to hear the entire uh, big board right now. But there's a couple of other prospects uh, that I want to talk about that, that I'm really interested in. At 14, Gene Montero. Plays for overtime elite, comes via Dominican Republic, then goes plays in Spain um, last year. This is a unique league. I'm not exactly sure what to do with it yet because most of the prospects that Montero are playing against are really high-level high school basketball players, uh, but usually a year or even two years behind uh, Montero right now. So going to the G League Ignite gets you playing against NBA prospects and college veterans, and going to the overtime elite actually is sort of playing down to younger competition. But he is such an intriguing player because of his ability to get a shot from anywhere on the floor. He's just an electric offensive player, can really stroke the three. And one of the things that he's trying to prove to NBA scouts right now is that he can play point guard. He, he majored 6'2", 180, with only a 6'4 wing. So he's definitely on the small end if he's going to just be a two guard So they're going to put the ball in his hands all year. I try to show him off as a playmaker. He recorded almost a triple-double in his opening debut. 19 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 4 steals. Was 5 for 11 from 3-point range. Just to me, one of the most electric uh, players in the draft. I'm very, very intrigued uh, by him at 14. And a guy that will also be the hardest to place on our big board. Because the level of competition, there's no gauge for it. We haven't really seen this sort of this model before Um, it's essentially like he's coming out of high school or maybe like AAU where he's playing against some of the top prospects every night Uh, but people in general are bullish the people that went over and watched overtime elite pro day uh, came back really impressed with him Uh, I'm really intrigued with him as well Uh, it may be in workouts that he finally has to kind of go up against these other top prospects because he's just not really playing um, with them right now at the overtime elite but certainly somebody that I'm really um, intrigued in I'm also intrigued by uh, Kentucky's uh, players this year. And, you know, it used to be when I covered the draft, like Kentucky dominated uh, the top of the draft. In the last few years, that just really hasn't really been the case for John Calipari's um, recruiting classes. Even though sometimes those guys have gone on to play actually really well. Um, in the NBA, uh, and even though they weren't maybe as highly ranked, sort of coming in. And so there's two freshmen that I'm really intrigued with on Kentucky right now. They also had a pro day. A lot of NBA teams uh, came to that pro day and, and came away talking about Ty Ty Washington. Uh, freshman point guard, 6'3", has a 6'9 wingspan, shoots the lights out. Um, heady Playmaker, um, a guy that they think is actually going to be able to break a, a into the starting lineup, despite the fact that Kentucky kind of loaded up on veteran transfers this year, and so has a little bit older roster than they typically have had in the past. I don't think he's going to start at point guard for Kentucky, um, because Severe Wheeler, I think at 5'9", is probably going to have to sort of play that position. Um, but this is a guy that, that sometimes draws some comparisons to Emmanuel quickly um, and what he does. Shooting comes at a premium in the draft and and people were really impressed with him early on. His teammate to me might be the single most intriguing prospect for me um, in this class. I had no idea what to put him on my big board. He ends up at 17 uh, and, and Scouts said essentially the same thing to me. He has top five talent and it feels unlikely that he's going to totally show that off as a freshman at Kentucky this year. And that's Damian Collins, uh, a power 46, nine has a seven, five wingspan. And is one of the most explosive athletes you're going to see in this draft or any draft, he just jumps out of the gym, kind of some Greg Brown S sort of comparisons out of him. Greg Brown just really wasn't ready uh, for the pros, but the athletic tools um, were there. Um, He's been wowing people in practice. His teammates say that he can regularly touch the top of the backboard um, when he jumps. He's actually not... He's actually not a terrible basketball player. He, he can shoot the basketball a little bit. He can handle a little bit. He's just thin. He didn't play against the high level of competition uh, in high school. And it's more likely that he's going to be coming off the bench for Kentucky than having sort of a dominant starting role. I don't know that we'll see big numbers from him this year, uh, but if you're talking about an electric athletic player package with just some special special abilities for a player Damian Collins to me is one of the most intriguing guys and it'll be really interesting to see how teams bite on his upside uh, even if he doesn't come in and have a dominant year at Kentucky which I think is kind of what we're um, expecting um, at this point there isn't a lot of other returning college basketball players to really talk about right now Benedict Mathurin is 18 um, on my list uh, so he's won Jabari Walker, a guy that really had his coming out party against Georgetown in the NCAA tournament uh, with 24 points and two blocks and five for five from three out of Colorado. Has some intrigue uh, as well. Um, certainly Keegan Murray uh, out of Iowa makes the list at 26. And at uh, 28, uh, Jaime Jaquez Jr., the UCLA wing, uh, interestingly getting a little bit more love from NBA scouts than Johnny Juzang, uh, who got all the buzz uh, from the NCAA tournament run. This UCLA team is going to be uh, really interesting to see between Jaquez, uh, Johnny Juzang, uh, and you know another guy who is a uh, freshman um, who is really intriguing? Peyton Watson, uh, who's a big 6'8 wing who can handle the ball and do just about everything as well, but likely coming off the bench for UCLA. Um, he actually ranks the highest at 13 of those UCLA prospects, but a guy that's just really intriguing uh, as well. I, I finally want to talk about the, the, the couple of international players um, that will uh, likely be cracking uh, our big board, Nikola Jovic. Not Jokic, uh, Jovic, uh, who plays for Mega Basket in Serbia. One of the most skilled players of the international prospect, but somehow a deeply polarizing prospect. Not often a great start for Mega Basket as well. Um, he, he's got to become a better shooter, I think. Uh, it, teams are all over the place about where he should ultimately be drafted. I have him right now at 23, but there are some teams that have him in the late lottery, uh, which I think is really um, interesting. Uh, Dyson Daniels is actually playing for the G League, but he comes, you know, via Australia. Roko uh, Perkison uh, comes from Sabona via Lithuania um, last year, entered the draft last year, then removed his name when it wasn't clear that he was going to be a number one pick in the draft. Um, he's certainly an international, interesting prospect. And then my sleeper, uh, this guy I put at 30. And uh, he wasn't strongly on my radar screen before Memphis' Pro Day when a number of scouts that I really trust that typically are right about these type of pros- prospects said Josh uh, Minot uh, is a guy that you just have to go watch. And you know he's a, another wing, 6'8", 205, 6'11". He's gonna be eclipsed probably all year by Jalen Duran and Amani Bates, uh, who are on that roster as well. Uh, measured a 38 and a half inch vertical jump uh, at the Memphis Pro Day. And again, he just has all of those typical wing skills, a little bit of ball handling, can defend multiple positions, can shoot the basketball um, that NBA teams really like. Not sure if this is his year or not, but he was just one guy that consistently from the guys that I really trust that came away from this, people saying, man, this guy could be really, I'm really talented. Well, there's a lot more to dig into um, over at BigBoard 1.0. Uh, if you want, you can head over to NBABigBoard.com right now. Um, subscribe today. There's a 25% offer right now, and you can dig into all the top 30. There's player cards available. You can also look at my top 12 uh, returning college. Uh, Returning college basketball players, um, top 12 freshmen, uh, top 12 international players. Uh, also, you know, look at the G League. I'm doing a stock watch every week uh, on Tuesdays where we'll come in and look at which players are trending in a positive direction, which tr- uh, players are struggling a little bit. We'll keep catching up on the rookies in this fantastic 2021 rookie class as well. All of that available to you over at NBABigBoard.com. Until next week. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha.